0: As a reminder, we started off here several weeks ago talking about intimacy with the Lord, going deep with the Lord. And uh, we kicked that off with the six of us up here talking about the, the different ways that we, can, that we can grow to know him more. Last week, Doc Coons preached such a great word on, on meditation. We took some time at the end, you know, just to wait and to listen to what the Lord said. How, how many of you practiced meditation this last week? Just waiting on the Lord. So sweet to do that, to learn his ways and learn his heart. Well, this week, I was meeting with Josh Josh my friend, a good friend, he loves. He's a lover of people. He and Stacy are pastor for several years, uh, missionaries to the nations, evangelists to heart. Come up here, Josh. And uh, so he's going to share this word uh, with us here today. So bless Josh Engel, Lord, I pray. Bless this word, Lord, and I pray that through it, we would know you in a deeper way, Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Matt, thank you for what you shared. It
1: actually aligns with a lot of the stuff that's on my heart. I I was going to begin by just asking everybody to just Say Jesus, I surrender, so I don't have to. You did, so that's awesome. Uh, I just love how the Holy Spirit does that. Like He aligns everything together uh, because He's the one that that brings the order when we when we listen. Um, man, I was caught, I love I love Jude. I I wasn't even gonna go to Jude, but I just I love what you were reading. I love verses twenty um, and following. I mean, they're just they're so good. And I just I want to take a moment just to reread those because they tie into what I wanna say because to me, the thing is when we walk in intimacy, we actually grab his heart for us and then that allows us to grab his heart for the one in front of us. Like when you recognize how loved you are by him, all you can do is start loving those around you. You recognize that his heart is to actually go after those that are all before you and you begin to become comfortable in how God made you. Um, one thing I didn't mention, but that earlier about the conference, but that's on my heart with this too, is that we understand that the uniqueness of who we are is designed by God to reach the harvest unique to you. Um, but you can't reach the harvest unique to you if you don't get alone with Him, if you don't meet with Him. Um, I'm gonna share a couple things, and Lord, I just I ask that that you that that they would be able to sift through what I'm saying and hear Your heart, that You'd give us eyes to see. God, we want to have soft hearts. We want to have soft hearts to you. Um, Before I read Jude, I just, one of the things that's been on my heart, like I was just kind of thinking the very first time I led someone to Jesus, I was 14. Um, I'm going to be 39 this year. So that was a long time ago. And it was very exhilarating. Um, But one of the things that I've learned in adulting, if I can use that term, (laughs) is in Matthew 5, Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. They're gonna inherit the kingdom of heaven. Guys, we need to recognize our need of him in daily life. Like, I can't get up without him. I can't go across the street without him. I mean, first and foremost, like, think about this he lives inside of you. Like, he lives inside of you. Like, David said, there's no place I could go from your presence. Like, in the deepest depths, you're there with me. We have to recognize that we are never alone. Like there's no place you can go that he's not already there with you. And when you recognize that, to me, it's like a game changer for intimacy. Like in every moment I can walk with him, every moment I can be with him. Now, if I'm honest, I'm not there in every moment. Um, Can I get an amen? Like, but that's my goal. Like that's the goal of my life to get to a place where God, I wanna be so aware of you. I wanna recognize my need of you. John 15, 5, he says that he's the vine, we are the branches. He talks about we need to remain in him because apart from him, we can do nothing. But my question for us, and I ask myself this question, and I'm preaching to myself too, I want you to know that. Um, But do I really believe that? Do I really recognize my need of him from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed? Do I really recognize that I can't do anything? I'm no earthly good apart from him. Like, I have nothing to offer you unless he shows up, unless he speaks. And I have nothing to offer the lost if he doesn't speak through me. I need his heart, I need his words, I need his mind, I need to see them through the lens of the spirit. Or I'm gonna miss what God is doing in my life and in their life. And so it's so important that we get to this place where we recognize daily and every moment our need for him. That we say, Jesus, I really need you in this moment. In fact, something that the Lord has been prompting um, me to do in a lot of moments is to put myself in a situation where I actually need him. Like, where I go someplace and I walk up to a stranger, not knowing what I'm going to say, but asking God to speak through me. Or he puts me in so many other situations where I have to take a step of faith. And I, I believe that he's putting us in a new season. Uh, and it's a season where we Where we actually get to a place where we recognize and we step into our need for him. He wants to take us deeper. He wants intimacy to be the thing that we're going after. Because think about this. He talks about those that walk in great gifting. And believe me, he wants to give us great gifting, right? Because the kingdom of God is not talk, but power, right? He wants us to walk in power, but not power apart from him right? Because then in the end, he's going to look at us and say, depart from me. I never knew you. He wants us to know him and he wants us to know him in a very intimate way. And so we have to be able to wrap our heads around that. But when we know him, we encounter his love. And so I want to ask you to do this this week. I know you you talked about meditation last week. Well, one of my favorite questions to ask the Lord is, what do you think about me? guys, I know what he's going to say, but I like to hear it from him. So I even did this Saturday. Like I just asked him, I know what he's going to say. He even told me, I said, Josh, you know what I'm going to say? I said, but I like to hear it from you. You need to hear it from him and we need to get in the word. So it also becomes a language which we speak over ourselves. But see, the Bible isn't just meant, it's not, I mean, we can read it with our head, but it's meant for our heart. Guys, we need to read it with our heart. We need to ask for that spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him. And then I always ask God, I I want boldness to make you known. So I love him here, and I'm going to read a little bit of Jude again. I wasn't planning on doing this, but it says in verse 21, to keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. See, when you spend time with him, you realize he's cleaned you. You literally put on Christ. Like you understand the righteousness you walk in. When, When you get to know him, you then get to know his heart for you, how much he loves you. That like in your worst moment, that's when he died for you. He didn't choose the, at you at your best. It's at your worst is when Christ died for you. We have to be able to wrap our heads around these truth, this truth, this reality, but we won't know it if we aren't with him. And see, I think God wants to take us beyond a place where we just intellectually know these scriptures. We just intellectually know the word of God. He wants to take us to a place where we're walking with him in the cool of the day, in every place, in every moment, and in every way. See, I was thinking, I love that that this is a place of worship, man. I feel his presence so much when we come and we gather and we worship. I mean, this is God's heart for his church to be a place of prayer, to be a house of prayer. But this can't be the pinnacle of our time with God. Like, he actually is waiting to meet with you in the secret place. Like, I don't care how busy you are. I don't care what you have going on in your life. This can't be the only place you encounter him. Like some of my sweetest moments are when I'm alone with him because he speaks to me in a way that he can't speak here. And he wants to deposit something in my heart in that moment that he wants me to take throughout the day, that he wants to bring back to my mind. And so I want to encourage you. And don't just get in the word. Like, I spend time in worship. That's one thing he told me. Like, if you want intimacy with him, he said, spend time in prayer, spend time in the word, but spend time just beholding me. Like, get alone and just say that, that he's worthy, that he's beautiful, that he's lovely. Like, just lock eyes with him and let him love on you. We have to receive his love. And if we come here already filled with oil, then what's going to happen when we gather is just increase. It's just going to increase. But it's not going to, I mean, there's just sovereign times where God just does something beautiful. And I believe we're in that time in history that he wants to do that. But I believe he's also asking us to just get away with him. Jesus often went to lonely places to pray. Um, I want to read Philippians 3, 7 through 14. When I asked the Lord what he wanted me to teach out of that, was where he took me. I thought we were going to go to John 15, and we might get there. um, But I believe this is where we're going to start. So the very first time I actually encountered this scripture, I was um, 14, maybe 15 years old. I was actually in a hospital. So if you guys don't know my history, I've had several open heart surgeries. And I was actually in the hospital, um, about to have a surgery, wondering at that moment if I was going to live or die. and. I had someone reading scripture to me because, honestly, in that moment, it hurt to breathe. And I had them read this a couple times because God was encountering me through this scripture. And it's become one of my life verses. So starting in Philippians 3, verse 7, it says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord So I want to stop there before I go um, further. But see, when Paul talks about the things that he wants, like, considered gain, if you were to go back and read, I didn't want to take the time to do that. But he's basically, he talks about, like, his status. He talks about his ethnicity. He says, I was a Hebrew among Hebrews. He talks about I was from this tribe, right? All the things we identify with, right? We say, I'm an American. I'm educated. I have this job. I live in this place right? And we sometimes can define ourselves by these things. Or if we're on the other end of it, sometimes we can define ourselves if we're not careful by the things we do, whether the things we do wrong or the things we do right. That's not how God wants us to define ourselves. He wants us to define define ourselves by being in Christ, He wants us to take all those things that we we used to look at and say, this is where I get value. This is where I get worth. And he wants us to say, like, those things are garbage. Compared to what? Compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. See, he wants to get us in this place where we wake up and we recognize we need him. We go to bed. We recognize we need him. Before we enter a meeting, we recognize, Jesus, I need you to show up. I need you to speak. I need you to to do something in this moment. When you're in the grocery store, you need him. Why? Because you're light. He wants to shine through you. Like when when Jonathan was reading Hosea, I was thinking Ezekiel 18. It says, God does not delight in the death of the wicked. He wishes they would repent and live. 2 Peter 3.8, he's not slow in coming back. He's being patient. Why? because God's desire is that nobody would perish. If I know him and I know his heart, then I love the person in front of me. But I'm not doing it out of striving. I'm doing it from a place of sonship because I know that I know that I know that I know. I could keep saying that that I'm his son and therefore I have my daddy's ear and therefore every moment I get to enter boldly that throne of grace and I've been given the mind of Christ. And then I can go talk to somebody and say, Lord, what do you say about them? What do you want to do in that person's life? I don't have to try to do it. I just get to do it because I'm with him. And you're with him. But it has to start from this place that we wake up and we say, Jesus, I need you. And we meet with him. We get alone with him. He wants us to give us his eyes and his heart. But we have to get to that, that, that understanding that being with him is more precious, more important than anything else. I mean, think about it. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a man who found a pearl of great prize, right? It was hidden in a field. So what did he do? He sold everything he had to buy that pearl. Jesus is that prize. He's that reward. And when Paul's talking about knowing him, he's not talking in a Greek way of knowing where you have this collection of data, right? Oftentimes we say we know something because we can tell you the history of it because we can tell you about it, right? I mean, think about this. We do this with our favorite athletes. We do this with our whoever else, favorite actors, whatever you want to say, you're like, oh yeah, I know. And you, you can tell their whole life story, but you've never met them. The truth is we get to meet with him. Like we get to talk with him as if I'm talking with Jonathan right here, and he talks back if we have eyes to see and ears to hear what his spirit is doing in our heart and in our life. He wants to grip us in such a way that all you want is him. That the goal of your life is to know him like you know your wife, like you know your children, to where we become like them. I mean, think about that. My wife and I, we've been married over 16 years and I've realized I do things and I say things like her now. Right, have you noticed that with your own spouse or your own, right, you just, there's like I full, you know, I do certain things the way she likes, like I just learned, this is how she likes things. God wants us to be like that with him. Or even the way we talk, it's like our father. The way we think is like our father, like he doesn't want you to waste time thinking thoughts that aren't from him, right? The stranger's voice, we ignore. But we're not gonna learn his voice if we don't get in the word, if we don't get away with him, if we don't connect with him on a heart level, but it's not, it's an experience. We have to taste and see his goodness, right? That's why he, he, Paul prays that the, the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, right? So that we could see how high and wide and deep in the depth of his love for us. It's something to encounter. And so my heart is that we would get to this place that we forsake everything else, to know him in that way. That we have this, this hunger to know him. Why? Because the, the hungry will be satisfied. And if you're not there, do it. I, I said, Father, I wanna be hungry. Every day I'm like, I wanna be hungrier today than I was yesterday. And Lord, make me hungrier tomorrow. Cause I wanna get in this place that I never ever get over the fact that I need him. I wanna put myself in situations where I have to have him. I don't want to think, oh, I did this yesterday, so it's going to work today. Because we're entering a new season. And he wants to take us deeper. He wants to take us out of our comfort zone. He wants us to step out of the boat. And he wants us to learn to walk in the middle of a storm in water and not sink. But you got to get alone with him. We have to be with him. And we have to get to this place where we're experiencing him every day. And I encourage you, like, every day, get in the word. Every day, take time to pray. Every day, worship. And and we got to get past this idea that, well, I'm too busy. Guys, I'm too busy not to do this. I'm too busy not to do this. And yes, I don't work a nine-to-five job like some of you guys do. But I don't think that's an excuse. At the same time, like, in the last six weeks, I just dropped a podcast episode with 18 different like things in it, things of content. You know, I've created a class on how to grow in your relationship with Jesus. I make three TikToks every day. I can go down a list of a bunch of things that I do beyond having a family and kids and and regular witness, but I don't have an excuse to get alone with him because I recognize my need and I need to know him in an experiential way. So I, I apologize if I'm repeating myself, But I feel like this is so important that if we want to go to where God wants to lead us, we got to get in this place that we can't get over a couple things. Our need of him, that he loves us and that we're his sons and daughters. I mean, I want to be like, like John when I talk about him that I don't get over the fact that he loves me. That his banner over you, his banner over me, it's love. He doesn't change his mind about any one of us. No matter what we've done, he says, I love you. He says, come to me. I want to make you clean. I want to walk with you all throughout your day. Like repentance is recognizing our, our, the fact that we've strayed, the fact that we're not where we're supposed to be. It's not, just, it's not saying sorry. It's saying, God, I've messed up. I'm not where I need to be. Would you forgive me? And then we get close to him because we change our direction. We go towards him. Like we can't take spiritual timeouts anymore when we do something wrong. We can't stay in that place of guilt, shame, or condemnation because it doesn't lead us to a place of intimacy. It doesn't lead us to a place of his heart. I want to live what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.14. He says, for the love of Christ compels me. It controls me because I've encountered him and I want everyone to encounter him. Why? Because one man died for all, therefore all have died. And then he goes on talking about we need to live for the one who died for us. We need to live dead as well following the one who's been raised. And then he goes on to say because we've become ambassadors of reconciliation, imploring people to be reconciled to God. This is what flows from intimacy because we see his heart is for your neighbors. His heart is for your coworkers. His heart is for the people around you because how he's encountered you. How he went after you, he wants to go after them. But we don't see it if we don't get alone with him. We don't have eyes to see. We don't have ears to hear. We don't have a soft heart. Like he actually wants us to weep over the harvest. In Joel one eleven, he talks about weeping over the harvest because it's perished. This is the season for the harvest. Not to be perish, but for us to have his heart, for us to have his mind, for us to be so gripped by his love and intimacy with him that all we wanna do is be a light everywhere we go. He wants to meet us in the place of tears. Now, I don't know everybody has a heart for evangelism like me, but I believe that everybody who really encounters him will encounter his heart for the lost because that's why Jesus came, right? He said, the seek and save the lost. And then he told his disciples, as the father is sending me, so I am sending you. That's what he's saying to us. Like in John 17, like the goal is unity, right? So that the world would know that Jesus is real. Like we should live in such a way that people know that Jesus is real. I mean, I think about Peter, James, and John. They healed the lame man. They're in front of the Sanhedrin. And Peter gets up and boldly proclaims, you tell me whether it's, it's right to obey God or man. But we're going to obey God and we're going to preach Jesus. What? These guys can kill them like that. There's no fear. Why? Because they've encountered his love. When you encounter his love, there's no fear. There's no fear. But we have to get intimate with him. But then the next part I love is the Sanhedrin when they, when they said, hey, we're going to have a meeting just without you guys they had taken note that these men had been with Jesus. Guys, he wants us to live in such a way that your coworkers, your neighbors are like, there's something weird about Eric, but I love it because I feel peace, I feel joy, I feel love around him, but it's weird, right? Like you want people to stop you and say, I see something in you. Guys, I've been in so many job interviews where the person interviewed me stopped and said, you just have this peace that I haven't seen with anybody else I interviewed. You have this calming presence. It feels different when I, in this interview than any other that I've had. That's what we want for people to take note that you've been with Jesus. It will change everything. See, God's plan. To see the end time harvest reaped is not to have 10 super evangelists walk the earth. It's to have the body of Christ walk in maturity, the body of Christ walking in intimacy with him in such a way that we become light, that we shine, that we love with such a deep sincerity and authenticity because we've encountered the only thing that can change us that they give their lives to Jesus because they see it in you. They see it in you. This is what he wants in all of us. I don't know how much more time we have, but we're, I'm good. All right. All right. I can go a little longer. All right. All right. I was just, oh, man, I have so many different things I want to say. But all right. So Jesus, I ask that you that you, you would speak, that you would speak. But I mean, this is God's heart, like in, in Matthew 6. He talks about getting alone in a prayer closet, and you'll be rewarded. Oftentimes we think the reward is power. Um, that, that, that can happen. That does happen. That's supposed to happen. But I think the reward is knowing you're loved. The reward is having security, is gaining security in who you are. The, the reward is having fear leave because it's been replaced by the sense that he loves me. He's with me. He's for me. Like, no one can take that from you. Do you realize that? When you are intimate with Jesus, what he gives you can't be taken. Guys, can I get an amen? Like, this is why the gospel is such good news. What Jesus actually does in our life is transform us from the inside out. Like, I don't have to get cleaned up to go to him. I can go to him as I am, and he'll clean me up. He washes away my sin. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's righteousness, that's what he gives us, but then the love. Guys, you gotta know you're loved because then you can talk to anybody on this planet and they can say anything to you and you won't care because they can't take the love of God that he's placed in you. But that comes with intimacy. You become bold because you're controlled by his love. Takes away fear. Like God wants to take away our shame of sharing the gospel. It's the power of God to bring salvation. The Father draws all men to Himself. His desires, no one would perish. Like, this is His heart that we capture this. But we gotta get alone with Him. And we gotta get to a place that we step out in so many ways that we have a history with the Lord of Him showing up in daily life. Because He really, really loves you and He really, really loves the people you're gonna encounter today and tomorrow and from every moment forward. But we won't have eyes to see if we aren't with him. And so my question is, do we desire this more than anything else to know him? Like, are we at a place where we're comfortable to have Jesus in bits and pieces? Or is he the thing? Is he the prize of our life? Like, what is motivating you? Is it the love of Christ, the love for Christ? Or is it something else? And are you willing to give things up to get away with him, to get alone with him? Are you willing to say, like Paul, I consider everything a loss? Like everything, not just those things that he listed in the beginning that we hold, but like every little thing, every little distraction. He wants to take us in a season that, that we're not going to be distracted. We're not going to have anything else but him. Now, Don't mishear me. He wants us to have fun. He wants us to laugh. He wants us to walk in the joy of the Lord. I'm not saying you can't have a hobby. What I'm saying is if you have a hobby, can you do it with him? Like I have so many friends that have tons of stories of playing video games and they're leading the people, they're playing video games to Jesus. Like I had one friend say they had to pause their game because the Holy Spirit came so strong upon the person he was playing against as he was praying for him. I have friends that led a whole team playing basketball together. Like, can we bring him and let him lead our hobbies and the things we take joy in and say, I want to do this with you. I want you to lead this. Can we we be so gripped by his heart that we go to the store and we recognize that there's somebody hurting in front of us and we're not going to ignore it because he doesn't ignore us. Guys, I'm stirred. I'm excited for what he wants to do. But we have to be willing to say, I'm going to forsake everything to know you. I'm going to give everything up. Everything that I once thought gain, I consider loss. And I'm not just going to have this head knowledge of you. I want to experience you. Like, I want to be hungry for you. I want to encounter you. I want to know you like I know my best. I want you to become my best friend. All right? Holy Spirit is supposed to be our best friend. All right, I want to pray for us. I don't want to take up too much time, but... Oh, Jesus, we love you. Oh, man, you are so good. You are so kind. You're so lovely. You're worthy. Jesus, we yield to you. We say, God, forgive us for the times and the seasons that we've put other things before you, that we haven't pursued intimacy with you. God, forgive us that we thought other things were a gain to us compared to knowing you. God, I pray that you would put us in a place that we recognize our need of you and for you. That we recognize that apart from you, we can't do anything. I pray that we would get to a place that every day we wake up and we get alone with you. Every night before we go to bed, we get alone with you. All throughout our day, we allow you to lead us. Jesus, we need deeper intimacy with you. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, soften our hearts. May we be gripped by your love for us and for those in front of us. God, may we know that we are your sons and daughters and there's no circumstance on earth that can separate us from your love. God, there's no trial we can go through that can change the fact that we're loved by you, that we're your sons, that we have your ear. Pour out your love upon us, but give us this hunger to know you, this desire to seek your kingdom and righteousness.
0: And I pray that in Jesus' name. Yes, God, stay up here a second if you would. Uh, in Matthew 6, that the story of the uh, prayer and the rewards. You remember, it says, those who pray in order to be seen have received their reward in full. But those who go into their closet and close the door behind them and pray, the Lord will reward them. So there's a certain sense of honor that the Lord gives to those who go into the secret place. That's not why we do it, but it's a natural outcome of seeking him. And there's no greater thing than being honored by the Lord. Amen?